Later, big day in the NBA with the draft on tap for tonight. Could be a big day of trades as well. Here to talk about it with us from NBA.com. Sean Powell joins the uh, show here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, Dan, Vince. And by the way, Dan, I think Vince is here to keep you in line. Am I right about that or maybe wrong? Uh, is somebody asked to, Sean. Yeah. You know me. We go way okay. back. You I, know I, me. I, I, tried, I, I try to do that, Sean. It's not always successful. Okay. I just want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, we're, we're still waiting for the finalization to make it official, the deal to send Brent, Bradley Beal uh, to the Phoenix Suns. And uh, I think it's still almost a week later. Interesting to see all the reactions about how this deal, what, you know, how it affects Chris Paul. What was your reaction to see how that uh, trade came to fruition, Sean? Well, I'm not going to bother you about my reaction from the wizard standpoint. Uh, so that would take about five seconds. It won't be too kind. Uh, but from the, the Sun standpoint, I mean, what was there to lose? I mean, Chris Paul is, you know, a solid point guard, still age 38, but he's age 38. Uh, you get a guy who, what, a couple years ago averaged like almost 31 points a game, uh, and he's your not the one option, not the number two option. He's your third option now, mm-hmm. and you gave up virtually nothing in return. I mean, it's a deal that I don't think necessarily solved the Suns' most glaring weaknesses, but I think it's a deal they just couldn't pass up at that price. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. So uh, give us your imp- impression of Bradley Beal as a player, as a longtime basketball guy. What, how, how good do you think he is? Because I'm sure there's a lot of – being an East Coast player, there's probably a lot of Suns fans who have not seen him play. Yeah, well, obviously with the, there's, there's always the disclaimer is that if he's healthy. And we can say that about 80% of the NBA. If he's healthy. So let's assume he's going to be healthy. He's not a guy, he's not a number one option who's going to, and I say that because he doesn't impact winning. He, does, he hasn't won anything with the Wizards. It's not like a Giannis, you know, it's not like a Jokic. And, and, and maybe it's unfair because, you know, he's a guard. He's not a guy who can rebound, you know, who can block shots, protect the rim and score like those big guys can do. And that's why they're franchise players. But, um, if he's going to be your number two, number three option, if you've got two players on your team better than him, okay, so that, that changes the conversation real quick because here's a guy who can create his own shot. He's got good range. He kind of reminds me of Booker in that sense where he can, he's comfortable shooting everywhere on the floor. Obviously, Booker's a better player, but Bradley Bill's comfortable shooting everywhere on the floor. It just gives the Suns just another option. You know, look, suppose KD doesn't play but more than 50 games. Maybe Booker plays, you know, whatever. Sometimes these guys just don't play every game. He's a guy who's going to be your number three option if everybody's healthy, but is comfortable being the number two option in case one of those other two guys doesn't play. And I think your, your team is pretty good from a scoring standpoint. Defense, well, that's another issue the Suns have to figure out. Sean yeah. Powell, yeah, Sean Powell from NBA.com, our guest here on the Arizona on Sports the- Line. Um, John, what do you what do you think the future holds for Chris Paul? You mentioned his age a couple times, thirty eight years old. There's been a, a noticeable drop off in his game over the last year. We don't believe his future is in Washington. He's still there now. Where, where do you think he ultimately lands, and where does it make sense to you? Well, I can't feel sorry for Chris Paul because Chris Paul had chances uh, previously in his career to control his own destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have to take the money. Chris Paul kept taking you know, max extensions uh, rather than saying, you know what, I want to be a completely free agent. I want to take less money and I want to go join a team where I have a chance to win a championship. That really didn't really happen with him. 
uh, through much of his career. Uh, having said that, I mean, he's what, probably maybe the best player or, or one of the two or three best players in the NBA without a ring. I think we can comfortably say that. I think the world of him is a player. I think the world of he's had a great, great career. And I even think that at age 38, I guess he'll be 39 next season. Mm-hmm. I think if he's healthy, reasonably healthy, he's still a, party, a starting point guard in the NBA uh, because he hit, he's, you know, he's a thinker. You guys have seen him play. He thinks his way around the floor. He puts his teammates in position to score. Uh, he's just such a solid, solid player. I just don't have great faith in his body. I don't have great faith in his health. And everybody hits the wall at some point. Where he goes from here, I can see him going to a team like the Lakers. I mean, you know, look, everyone says that. Maybe a, a team that's ready to win. But a lot of things have to happen. That team's got to have some cap room to sign him. Chris, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. He's got, what, a $30 million option for next year, and that really hasn't been sorted out. Uh, so I think it's we don't know yet is what I'm trying to say because we have to figure out the contractual situation and we also have to figure out what contending teams have some money who can squeeze them in and if Chris Paul is receptive to going to that team. All right, we know that in the NBA it's a stars league and a lot has been made about the Suns' depth, about the Suns' bench and how how the Nuggets' role players kind of wipe the floor with them. Yet, again, this is a stars league and the Suns have three of them. Do you think that that mode of winning a championship is outdated or do you think the Suns have a good shot at it if they, you know, backfill with some competence. Oh, I think they have a good shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you, you put those three players on the, first of all, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and, and again, Bradley Beal is the third wheel. I mean, that's just tremendous. And, and I get it. You know, they don't have a bench. And, and I know everybody in the Valley is still moaning about lo- losing the Cal Bridges. I get it. The guy was a good uh, defensive player, and he showed in Brooklyn that he's also a pretty good offensive player when he's like the number one or number two option. Uh, I think it also comes down to what are you going to do with Aiton? Are you going to keep him, or are you going to try to flip him, maybe downgrade a little bit at center, and maybe upgrade a little bit at a defensive forward? I think if they could do that, I, I would even like them a lot better. I, I don't think they need a top flight center. As long as just get someone in there who can you know, rebound and, you know, block some shots, set some picks, whatever. Uh, but I do think you need a defensive wing, and I think that's where their biggest weakness is going into the season. But let's just try to find out what happens uh, between now and the start of the season. John Powell, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, big trade that went down last night between Boston and Memphis and Washington. Bick and I are both uh, in fa- really like the fit of Marcus Smart in Memphis. A little surprised that Boston moved off of Marcus Smart because he was so important to what they did. How much do you think Kristaps Porzingis improves Boston's chances to win a championship? Well, once again, we're not going to talk about the Wizards end of the deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but from a Boston standpoint, okay, here's the deal. Marcus Smart, heart and soul of that team, defensive player, proud player, hard scrabble, you know, all this stuff. We've seen him play, and everybody in Boston loves that guy. And why not? Uh, but if I'm going to sacrifice him, I think they sacrifice him for the right reasons. And Porzingis, again, that disclaimer, if he's healthy, uh, this presents so, so much for that team. Now you've got him, you've got Robert Williams, you've got Al Horford. That's a heck of a, a, a big lineup that they can throw in a lot of combinations. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about Porzingis, he can stretch the floor. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good deal. Plus they get not one, but two first-rounders, too. Yeah. Are you kidding me? How do the Wizards do that deal and not even get a first-rounder out of it? That's weird. Uh, but I think it's a good trade for Boston. But again, I mean, look, 
these situations are so delicate because particularly with a player like Porzingis and his injury history, you're always keeping your fingers crossed. I mean, if he, if he falls down in the garden, the place is going to get so quiet, you know, you, you can hear hope drop. So uh, I think you just have to be a little bit careful with projecting him to be healthy for a team that wants to play for, what, nine months? So he's got to stay healthy all the way through May and June. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. John, thanks so much for uh, making some time for us this morning. Really appreciate the insight. Appreciate you, man.